0: Part of the t full tank right
1: oh yeah. Yeah, the, yeah the
0: tank that basically won the war for russia so the
1: the, the tank the tank
0: <laughs> the eventual tank was uh mikhail koshkin
1: of course do
0: you do you know like where he was before he was a tank designer
1: oh um i from the look on your face something ridiculous it,
0: it's very ridiculous
1: <laughs> and what was he
0: he was a confectioner he made sweeties
1: <laughs> he made sweets and then he graduated to tanks. I mean, I guess the
0: tank is just a massive boy's toy, so I mean maybe I it's guess. not so far away.
1: But like, was he not an engineer or Well
0: that's the thing, he switched to like engineer tank engineering from that. He was like, Well, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna give tank building a go. <laughs> and also, so basically when he invented so when he like right, submitted the design for the twenty there was like another tank that was in contention and uh Stalin picked the other tank. So try and like get his design over to prove that his was the best. He drove it 800 miles. Just that tank price like, that he had built all the way to Moscow to like, show it to Stalin. And then he died well, And then he died of pneumonia.
1: The, through the streets of Russia. Just yeah, 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 just drove time.
0: it through like winter Russia <laughs> and then died of pneumonia when oh, he got no. there. But he still won. He still won the design off.
1: Did he knew, know that he had won the design off? I think he, he did, died? yeah.
0: But that's I mean good. I don't know how he did I mean he died of pneumonia like Russia is a very cold place like surely that's a design flaw
1: I feel like he should have kind of planned for that yeah a little bit better
0: but you know uh, I mean like they're not going to care about heating do they they send they send soldiers to charge the uh, the Germans without rifles so they're not going to put heating systems in their tanks Jesus Christ think of the pr- think of the cost <laughs>
1: We don't care about people. <laughs> I had to, I had a fact about tanks the other day as well. Actually, um, some I can't remember the year. I'll come back to you on the year. But it was up until past the Second World yeah. War that English tanks had a system to make tea in.
0: Oh yeah, all English well, tanks. They still have it. They still have it now. <laughs> they have like a built-in like teas made basically just in modern it's tanks. Ridiculous. It's brilliant. So it should be.
1: Speaking of ridiculous, welcome to have you ever <laughs> heard of it's where you are right now. How are you, Dan?
0: I'm uh, still hungover from um, the stag do
1: last weekend. Yeah, from right <laughs> the
0: weekend gone. I mean, like it was, uh, it was and, a and wrong for context.
1: Weekend. It's Thursday today, everyone. <laughs> so um, that is a long hangover.
0: I might just be ill. Oh, I might just have COVID. Who knows?
1: I should probably take a test. Oh, yeah, I, I just I took a COVID that. test actually, and I'm all good. But. I I do feel a bit ill as well. I think it's like end of summer illness, like depression illness. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't really had
0: some for ages now, though. We had it all like at the right at the beginning and then it went, nah. You're you're right, guys. "Mm," By
1: my birthday, by mid-August, it was like, "Mm, I'm kind of over (laughs) this now. What are you doing tomorrow?
0: Uh, I'm going to a wedding.
1: Yes, you are.
0: Another wedding. Bring a
1: ding ding. Have fun with that.
0: How about you? How, how, how are you? how are you doing and what, what have you got planned?
1: Um, I'm fine. I'm feeling a bit old too, but I have got a couple of plans. I'm doing some volunteering on Saturday and then I'm going to go and see a double bill of films on my own. Very <laughs> Cause, nice. Because nobody's around. I mean, you don't
0: need people to go to the cinema with. You Just literally, literally film. don't.
1: Because you're not like, supposed yeah. to be talking to them I, anyway. I don't
0: want to go to the cinema with people screw really? people i sort of go on my own and watch the film on my own
1: so i'm gonna go and see two horror films back nice. to back on my own on saturday and then it's my granddad's 89th birthday oh, wow. on monday so we will be celebrating said 89th birthday happy birthday gram he is doing well he is doing well do you want to hear some history
0: yes <laughs> yes <laughs> that's how okay, much so this
1: is Quite a short one, mainly because I couldn't find loads of information on them. And then only when I started researching this person did I find out that there are not one but two biographies coming out about him this year. Oh, really?
0: You're getting in there ahead and of the game. And i like,
1: I oh, don't you know whether they've come out already or they're coming out, but I didn't like find that out in time to procure any of these biographies. So. Oh, if you want to hear more, I'll mention the biographies at the end because it is quite quite a short one.
0: Whoever wrote those biographies, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> yes, well, I'll mention the <laughs> authors at the end. So it's another per it's a person, and I'm gonna ask you if you've heard of them. So have you ever heard of John Thompson Stonehouse?
0: Uh no, but I love that name.
1: John Tom, Tom- Thompson. Not without without the P. Thompson. Oh. John Thompson Stonehouse, yes. So, I'll tell you a little bit about him and then you'll hear about his life. I won't tell you who he is yet. Let's do it. You'll see. So, this is an Englishman. He was born in Southampton on the 28th of July, 1925.
0: Two days off my birthday. Not like my Sweet. actual birthday. I,
1: <laughs> no, no, I was born he's not in that the- old. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you'd be older than my actual grandparents. His mother was... Rosina Stonehouse, who was the sixth female mayor of Southampton, oh. factoid. Factoid. I
0: like it. And
1: she was also a can- councillor on Southampton City Council. So this is already a political upbringing. He had a trade unionist family and joined the Labour Party at the tender age of sixteen.
0: Good age, speaking involved.
1: He was educated at Taunton's College of Southampton and then went on to LSE the London School of Economics for those of you out of this country. Stonehouse was in the RAF for two years from 1944 when he was actually conscribed to the war. Um, But, you know, got through it. Okay, obviously. Otherwise that would have been a very short story. (laughs) He was an economist uh, after that. He became involved in cooperative enterprise and was the manager of african cooperative societies in uganda between 1952 and 1954 and he also served as the director and later the president of the london cooperative society so this is a man who is a trade unionist he is a labor supporter he is a fan of cooperatives all sounding pretty good yeah he's so a good far. guy
0: however is is this gonna change are we gonna do <laughs> a 180 oh boy i'm worried We'll see let
1: will see so let's talk about his political career. So he first did what many politicians do and unsuccessfully try and stand for seats. So he <laughs> unsuccessfully stood for Norwood in 1949 in a London County Council election. But he was first elected as a Labour Cooperative Member of Parliament for Wednesbury, which is in Staffordshire, in a 1957 by election. Um, but he actually had previously tried to contest Twickenham twice before, but was unsuccessful.
0: Twickenham? At Davies' constituency. Oh, well, yeah, not
1: not during the 50s. Not, <laughs> not then. <laughs> so, in February 1959, Stonehouse travelled to the Federation of Rhodesia on a fact finding tour in which he condemned the white minority government of South Rudi- Southern Rhodesia.
0: And they should have been condemned. Quite,
1: quite rightly. Speaking in the Southern Rhodesian African National Congress, he encouraged blacks to stand up for their rights and said that the support, they had their support of the British Labour Party. He was promptly deported from Southern Rhodesia and banned for returning a year later. So he was banned from Rhodesia, <laughs> basically. But he stood up for what he believed in. So Good ma'am. Good man. Okay. He served as a junior minister of aviation after this, um, where he was involved in British Overseas Airways Corporations order of the Boeing seven four seven aircraft from the United States. So the first time that we bought a Boeing seven four seven. Seven oh seven.
0: okay. Seven oh seven,
1: yeah. Um against his own recommendation <laughs> that they should buy British aircraft, the Super VC-10. He was involved in that, whether or not he liked it or not. This led to his making accusations against colleagues about the reasons for their decisions. So I think he's trying to say that there was some shadiness.
0: Shenanigans going on Yeah,
1: going on with that decision, which there probably was. In March 1968, he negotiated an agreement providing a framework for the long-term development of technological cooperation between Britain and Czechoslovakia, or as we now call it, the Czech Republic. Or Czechia. That will come important. It provided for the exchange of specialists of information, facilities for study and research in technology, and other forms of industrial corporations.
0: I mean, I don't want to... I'm not trying to be harsh on things. But is there much to trade with Czechia? <laughs> I suppose they did make good tanks during World 2. They had a good armaments industry. All
1: about tanks, with you.
0: I just love tanks, man. Can't <laughs> help it.
1: They have. <laughs> maybe they just gave us really good beer. Yeah.
0: Skoda's, because like Skoda was quite good in like the 30s, and then like yeah, well, you know, so I guess it's kind of considered all right now. But there was a long period in that Cold War. During that Cold War period when uh, Skoda was not so good.
1: That old Cold War period. (laughs) (laughs) So, while he was in the colonial office, Stonehouse's rise continued, and in 1967 he became Minister for State for Technology under Tony Benn. Uh, And later, uh later. The Postmaster General, yeah, yay, <laughs> all the way up until its end, until the position was abolished um, by the Post Office Act in 1967. They so he's the last Postmaster General. Okay, so when was he
0: in the Colonial Office? Isn't it weird that we still had the Colonial Office in like the 70s? He was in
1: the Colonial Office in like 67 Okay then. Then after that, he was the Minister for Post and Telecommunications in 1970. He oversaw the controversial jamming of the offshore radio station Radio North Sea International. Are these
0: pirate radios?
1: Yeah, there used to be all these like pirate radios, especially this particular one in the 70s uh, and in the 60s, really. And it, it got banned in 1970. It's a really for, interesting topic. Maybe i yeah, will talk about that. For sometime.
0: playing good music.
1: Yeah, for playing like. Any music, basically, yeah. that wasn't as regulated as it was then. But obviously, we have a lot more channels now. So. Yeah. And just, like, podcasts where anyone can just jump on there and... But that's the thing. Like,
0: if that was the problem, there just wasn't enough channels, then people making their own channels, I mean, shouldn't have been a big deal. It should be like, yeah, if I pick up the Slack guys, why
1: not? Well, it'd be regulated, didn't they?
0: Yeah. Because
1: they didn't even yeah. have, like, ITV at that time,
0: so... <laughs> A little bit of bureaucracy.
1: <laughs> so then Labour was defeated at the 1970 general election. And after that, he was not appointed to the shadow cabinet. So he was still an MP, but he wasn't a shadow oh, cabinet. Then his constituency, which was Ed Nesbury, was abolished in 1974.
0: Oh, that's harsh.
1: Yeah. So, because it was like. Yeah, was yeah. Re-jigged. Boundary
0: realignments.
1: Um, He stood and was elected for the nearby one of Walsall, North constituency, which I assume is nearby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just a little personal bit of information. He married a woman called Barbara Jones Smith in 1948. They had two daughters, Jane and Julia, and a son, Matthew. As well as being an MP, he had some business interests as well. After 1970, he set up various companies in an attempt to secure a regular income. By 1974, most of these were in financial trouble and he had resorted to deceptive creative accounting. Oh dear. Aware that the Department of Trade and Industry were looking after his affairs, he decided that his best choice would be to flee. Flee? Flee. So basically, secret... British government documents declassified in 2005 indicate that Stonehouse had spent months researching his new identity that of Joseph Markham, a deceased husband of a constituent so this is where it gets fun so
0: (laughs) so you never trust a labour minister with a business it's not a good idea
1: (laughs) don't trust someone who starts (laughs) off well and then crashes and burns (laughs) I guess like maybe he felt disenfranchised from not being in the shadow cabinet and he was like, fine, I'm going to like make a business, but I don't know how, so (laughs) I guess I'll run away. (laughs) Stonehouse maintained uh, the pretense of normality until he faked his own death.
0: I saw this coming. Soon as this this fake <laughs> identity came up
1: <laughs> On the 20th of November,
0: 1974. Police say he did it in a cool way. He must have done it like, in a cool way.
1: He, he did it in the kind of lame way. He went to Miami and just left a clo- pile of clothes on the beach in Miami. Mm, and yeah, was like, look, I'm good. dead. Like, it appeared he had gone swimming and drowned, or possibly killed by a shark. So he was presumed mm, that's dead. That's quite cool. Because they didn't want to investigate much further.
0: <laughs> Being killed by a shark is cool, but you could have done it a better. If you want to look like you've been killed by a shark, I don't know, just, like, cut off your arm or something.
1: Yeah, or, it? like, leave some blood behind literally. Exactly. Rookie Make mistake. it look Anyway, good. but he was presumed dead, and obituaries were published, despite the fact there was no corpse. So they were like, he dead. In reality, he was en route to Australia, hoping to set up a new life with his mistress, oh, who was man. his secretary, Sheila Buckley.
0: Jeez, could you be more cliched? Oh, he's disappointing me.
1: <gasps> Sheila! <laughs> okay, so he used false identities, like I said. He set about transferring large sums of money between banks and using... These ways to, like kind of cover his tracks. You know how like they'll tra- bounce from bank to bank?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit of catch me if you can. Styly.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, under the name Clive Mildoon, he deposited 21,500 Australian dollars in cash at the Bank of New Zealand. The teller who handled the money spotted Mildon, in inverted commas, uh-huh at the Bank of New South Wales. Inquiries led led the teller to learn that the money was in the name of Joe Markham, and he informed the local police. Ooh. So he was, like, at one bank, and then the teller was at another bank.
0: Just happened to be there.
1: Yeah, I think so. Like on Ooh, holiday maybe. or something, and
0: went, Hey.
1: I was like, hang hey on a second, I recognise you, and you're using a different name. Um, So basically this teller just got suspicious, I think, and, and said, like... I'm not wow. sure this guy's legit.
0: That is like above and beyond. If I was a teller, like if I was just like a bank service guy, and I saw someone, I'd be like, I don't care. I honestly don't give a shit what you're doing.
1: <laughs> Deposit your money. <mind>. Can- <laughs> Carry can <go> on. crap.
0: <laughs> above my pay-, pay grade, mate. Above my pay grade.
1: <laughs> I guess he had an English accent, which would have been, they must have been like, hmm, this is like, yeah, yeah. where are you from, mate? Mate. Okay, so uh, Stonehouse spent a while in Copenhagen with Sheila Buckley, but later returned to Australia unaware he was now under surveillance. Uh, The police initially suspected him of being the seventh Earl of Luckin. Lord Luckin? Luckin. Yeah, who had disappeared a fortnight before Stonehouse had, uh, following the murder of his children's nanny, Sandra Rivett. So investigators noted the suspect was reading British newspapers and also included stories attacking uh, the recently deceased John Stonehouse. Upon his arrest, the police were instructed to pull down his trousers so they could be be sure whether or not it was Lord Lucan who had a six-inch scar on the inside of his right thigh. So apparently (laughs) they... (laughs) <laughs> We're instructed to do this. I don't know where they actually pulled down his trousers, but maybe they did. But I'm sure, like Stonehouse and Orde, oh, didn't look anything like each other. So. <laughs> so Stonehouse was arrested in Melbourne on Christmas Eve in 1974. He applied for the position of steward and bailiff of the Chiltern Hundreds while still in Australia, which is one of the ways for an MP to resign he didn't actually sign the papers. So technically, at this point, Stonehouse is still a Member of Parliament because he's not dead. (laughs) No way. So he's, like, still an MP. Six months after he was arrested, he was deported to the UK, but he he had actually tried to obtain offers of asylum from various places, including Sweden, for some reason, was unsuccessful. He... Was remanded in Brixton Prison until August 1975, when he was released and put on bail. He continued to serve as a member of Parliament. Well, no way!
0: Was there no, like, by-election to, like, replace him or anything?
1: Although unhappy with the situation, the Labour Party didn't actually expel him. Wow. <laughs> Which is so funny. Yeah, I think after that, like, after the trial and stuff. So, Stonehouse conducted his own defence in court on a- it. <sighs> Twenty-one charges of fraud, theft, forgery, conspiracy to fraud, causing a false police investigation, and wasting police time. Oh, I
0: love it when people defend themselves. It's always such a such a good laugh.
1: The trial lasted sixty-eight days. What the hell? That's like nearly ten weeks. Were
0: well, they just like playing with him?
1: That's longer than most murder. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <games. laughs> like why did it last such a long time surely he he's just clearly crum- not dead he's not-
0: <laughs> and he's not a lawyer surely he just crumbled about 10 seconds I'm that's pre- probably why I'm it lasted such imagine. a long time
1: because yeah. he was like I, know, so- I-, I would love to see some sort of video <laughs> of this just like i don't understand it but like just like put this case
0: to bed i mean like i don't know how like i don't know what he's doing <laughs> i have no idea how to deal with this
1: um, so, on the 6th of August, 1976, he was convicted and sentenced to seven years in prison for fraud. I mean,
0: I guess, like, that went up because he ran away and stuff, and faked his own death and everything. Like, if he just, like, like, accepted it at the beginning, it would have been so much easier. What yeah. was the point? I mean, like it's a lot of, effort, lot of effort for... For shit. <laughs> for shit. It's a lot of effort to just eat shit at the end of it. What did like,
1: he think, anyway... I don't even want to know what his wife was thinking at this point. <laughs> who's was technically still his wife. Um, okay, so he agreed to resign as a Privy, privy Councillor on the seventeenth of August, nineteen seventy-six, becoming one of only three people to resign from the Imperial Privy Council in the twentieth century. Mm. A little nice little factoid. He also tendered his resignation from the House of Commons on the twenty-seventh of August, nineteen seventy-six, after he had been convicted on twenty-one Bloody counts. Hell. I mean... And the subsequent by-election was run by Robin Hodgson, a conservative. And in October wow. of the same year, Stonehouse was declared bankrupt.
0: So they were so pissed off with uh, with him that they voted in like, the other party.
1: Yeah, they were like, the mm, i not sure about so Labour <laughs>
0: Fair. <laughs> that is fair.
1: Okay, so Stonehouse was imprisoned in Wynwood Scrubs. Um, Classic. Yep. Uh, as we know from the George Blake episode, oh, yeah. it's very easy to escape. from the... Just
0: chuck a coat um, over.
1: But he didn't escape. So he, on the 30th um, of June 1977, the House of Lords refused his appeal against five of the charges. While he was in prison, he actually complained that the prison workshop where he worked played pop music on the radio station. He didn't like pop <laughs> music, <laughs> but you're in prison, so you have to deal with it. His health deteriorated slightly, and at that point, he was moved to prison um, Blunderston in Suffolk. And on the 14th of August 1979, he was released from prison uh, early for good behaviour. So that's literally, oh, okay, he was right only then. there for two years when he was supposed to do seven years.
0: Oh. Well, I so, mean, like, he is. Uh, that's the problem. Mate.
1: He's kind of old a, at this point as well.
0: He was a politician as well. They always get it easy, don't they?
1: Get a glove yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so on to his later life and actual death. After he is <laughs> divorced in 1978, Stonehouse married his mistress, Sheila Buckley. Really?
0: The yeah. secretary sticks with stuck with him? Sh-
1: yeah, they did.
0: Well, um, I know. In Hampshire
1: on the 31st of January 1981. In December 1982, they had a son, James William. Hang on, how,
0: how old is he now?
1: He's like mid-50s.
0: He's gonna struggle to kick a football around without it, isn't he? <laughs> um, how old is the uh, the secretary at the time? I don't know, okay, then. but
1: I've seen pictures and they don't look too far apart in age. That's okay, weird, but she's younger.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, she was a hottie though. She's the crap. Okay, so... the secretary always is. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, number one criteria on their CV: <laughs> skills, hottie. No offense to any second. Okay, so. From January 1980, Stonehouse was a volunteer fundraiser for the East London-based charity Community Links. He joined the SDP, which later amalgamated into the Liberal Party to form the Liberal Democrats. We take all
0: sorts. We take all sorts. And in June
1: 1980, he was discharged from bankruptcy, so it's no longer bankrupt. After this, he wrote three novels and made TV appearances and radio broadcasts during the rest of his life, mostly in connection with discussing his <laughs> disappearance. In June 1986, he he appeared on TV's Regrets programme, and in December that year, he gave the BBC4 interview programme in the psychiatrist's chair with Anthony Clare. On the 25th of March 1988, Stonehouse abruptly collapsed on set during an, an edition of... Central Weekend in Birmingham during the film of a program about missing people. (laughs) (laughs) He was given emergency medical treatment at the studio and the ambulance was called. He was kept in the city's general hospital overnight, but he was discharged the following day. However, just under three weeks later, early on the 14th of April, he suffered a massive heart attack at his house at the Dales Way in Hampshire, where he had moved only six months earlier from London. This time, Stonehouse did not recover. He died in hospital at 2.30am and he was cremated at Bassett Green, Southampton on 22nd of April 1988. The former MP Bruce Douglas Mann paid tribute. In 1989, his fourth novel was published posthumously. He left uh, just under £70,000, according to his will, which was published on the 17th of August 1988. So usually people's stories end with a death but not so much John Stonehouse Ooh. after his death other information came out Stonehouse had allegedly began spying for Czechoslovakia what? in 1962 <laughs> <laughs> basically in 1969 Joseph Frolic which is a great name is a great name ex-Czech spy who had defected to the US uh, outed Stonehouse to security services in 69, Stoner was subjected to the assertion that he was a Czechoslovak spy or secret agent and he successfully defended himself. But the allegation was later sustained in the official history of MI5, The Defense of the Realm, which was published in 2009, 2009 by historian Christopher Andrew. In December 2010, it was revealed that back in... 1980, Margaret Thatcher had agreed to cover up revelations that Stonehouse had been a Czechoslovak spy yeah. since the 60s, as there was inf- insufficient evidence to bring him to trial. Basically, a different guy, um, Ray Morby, was exposed as well in June 2012, and Stonehouse is the only minister known to have been an agent for the former Eastern Bloc. So both of them were exposed.
0: That is interesting that she didn't push that. I mean, like, if that was today, like, Tory ministers should yeah. be all over Twitter with that. doesn't matter if it was, if, I if it she was only like, unsubstantiated. In- they'd be like, Labour are spies for the." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: blah, she only blah, came blah. in in 79, so maybe she didn't want to, like, kick up a massive fuss yeah. straight away. But anyway, files now available in Prague reveal that more than 10 years Stonehouse had regular meetings with diplomats from the Czech embassy in London all of them intelligence officers, when, at the height of the Cold War, such revelations are fraught with danger. The Czechs claim to have paid him about £5,000 like salary, which is over double yeah, MPs at the time. Yeah. I looked it up and it's like, that's like £70,000 now. Bloody
0: hell, and he still managed to go bankrupt.
1: Yeah, but obviously he can't put this through like his official bank, can he?
0: He can just launder it through his company.
1: But but his daughter Julia has claimed that none of that money actually reached him. Oh, okay then. I, I was talking about those two books that were out or coming out. Yeah. One of them is written by Julia, his daughter, yeah. and it's called John Stonehouse, My Father, in which she says that proper contacts within the embassy were trying to... If, At one stage were involved trying to sell commercial aircraft to the Czechs, and they basically were, like, cooked up into a conspiratorial relationship that may have been, like, more naive on his part rather than criminal. Okay, then. However, the other book by Julian Haynes, which is just called Stonehouse, says that he he knew exactly what he was doing. So it's kind of one book is taking the side of he was just naive and he didn't know what he was doing. The other book is taking the side of he definitely knew what he was doing. So that'll be an interesting to see like hmm. which of the two books more people lean towards.
0: The Dwarf um, is always going to try and defend. Well, not yeah. always, but it's a... So
1: Julian Haynes is actually also a relation. He is was Stonehouse's nephew's son. Okay, sort of, then. Like his... I don't know what that is.
0: <laughs> so, it's both family members, then. they're
1: both family members. One of them is his actual daughter. Yeah,
0: and the other one is. Uh... So that
1: is the kind of mad, twisty, turny story of Stonehouse. I told you it was a short one, but it's, it's interesting. Good,
0: it was bite. It was bite-sized but tasty.
1: <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's an interesting one because I'd like to. I I'd like to read one of these books to know more about what he was actually doing for the Czechs because I couldn't really find yeah. that online. But it seems that he was. You know, I said like they had that relationship where we were passing. T- that's m- must have been when he like yeah yeah was turned. Checking, um,
0: sending stuff to Skoda.
1: So I guess like him like faking his death was probably trying to get out of the money thing, but also trying to get out of the spying thing. Yeah, he was like, you know what? I've kind of messed this up on all fronts. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna going down
0: now. So. My
1: death well, with I mean, my like they a good
0: one to spy for. I mean. Prague is a beautiful place. But you know that if you had its effects there, you wouldn't be staying in like the nice bit. They'd put you in the fucking the shit bit. Have you seen like the Soviet bits of Prague? Fucking ugly. Horrible. I
1: love Prague but I've only seen the pretty bits.
0: Yeah. There's like a bit like we went to the uh the nuclear bunker they have there.
1: Oh you did to haven't been there.
0: That is in the that is in the Soviet quarter.
1: that's <laughs> <is nuts> nice. <laughs> Oh, no. I don't know
0: how people still live in those flats. It's just... It is terrifying.
1: We went up to the astrological tower when I went there. Yeah. And there's... You go up these these steps, and they get, like, more and more precarious as you go up. And the last set of steps you have to go up, because it's, like, the highest point in Prague, is, like, these steps. And there's a sign that says, like... You are climbing these steps at your own risk because they are <laughs> so old and they're wooden. Yeah, that they're like they could just break oh, at any moment, any moment. Centuries have rot. <laughs> <laughs> so at your own risk. <gasps> it was worth it because it's a beautiful view. But like, I was like, this is how I die.
0: This is the <laughs> moment. This is
1: the moment.
0: <laughs> oh, I love Prague. I want to go back there.
1: It's called, we went. I lo- when I went, it was like Christmas time and the Christmas markets were oh, nice. on. And it was snowing, and there was pretzels and wine, and it was wonderful. It was the most cold I've ever been. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, take a coat, everyone, when we can actually leave this godforsaken island.
0: Island, yeah. God damn it. Uh,
1: Have you got any recommendations?
0: Um, What have I been watching over the last two weeks? I mean, I'm just going to end up... um, Recommending another World War II documentary, and I feel like that's just boring. I should stop doing that. <laughs> I'm going to watch, um, which is meant to be good. I haven't watched it yet. Oh yeah, Domina on Sky or uh, what's the Sky one that you pay for? Oh, Now TV. Now TV, yeah, yeah, or on that one. So it's kind of like a series about like, yeah, Domina, who was um, emperor. So she like she was the wife of like emperor. Augusta Caesar, and she ended up being like the most, um, yeah, the, like it's like about Olivia Drusilla, who was like the basically like the most powerful, like queen in Roman history, it's cool. about her rise, and it's meant to be really good.
1: Excellent, I, I will watch that. I've got an LTV, so I will watch that. Uh, we are watching. Speaking of American shows, we are watching a documentary series about QAnon.
0: It's an HBO
1: series.
0: I would like to watch that because that it's is batshit crazy,
1: mad. Like I'm not even. So it's if for those of you who don't know what QAnon is, it's a conspiracy theory kind of about mainly based in America about a person called QAnon who was said to have been high up in the Trump administration and had all or in the army and had all this like inside information, but was posting it on forums really cryptically. He would say things like. Alice in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole, or he would say, you know, today is is something big's going to happen, but it, you'd have to work it out. And the people who fo- followed Q would kind of interpret these to fit with things that actually happened and be like, look, it actually happened. And basically, this guy is is kind of... He kind of goes down the road of talking to the people who are hosting the, the forums where Q is posting yeah. to see if they know anything and it just spirals out of control into this story about 8chan and and the forums. Oh, 8chan is
0: such a crazy face as
1: well. <laughs> and uh, the guys who run 8chan are kind of the main characters in this and I'm pretty convinced that one of them at this point is Q. Yeah,
0: they're just having fun with aren't they? They're just having fun yeah. Because so they are get- like
1: yeah uh, they are
0: crazy anarchic individuals
1: (laughs) highly recommended i'm also reading a book called social warming which i recommend it's a new book about social media um i am giving up social media for a year starting on the 1st of september which is why dan is now taking over the twitter (laughs) which is why the twitter has got progressively madder and i'm reading this book and wow if you want to really understand how social media is affecting like the globally not just you personally you should read this book it is mind-blowing especially the chapter on algorithms and how social media algorithms are affecting like everything like the world
0: i'm gonna so, definitely check this out because i I, 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 well, I mean like it's not it's not hard to be convinced by it like i don't i don't have any special knowledge but it's clearly t- tearing like democracy apart and it's oh, yeah. terrifying to watch
1: that's the chapter I'm just starting now. Yeah. So it's called like worst case scenario. This chapter.
0: I'm also trying to just avoid social media, so I think I'll only be posting on yeah our one, and uh, and my my game one. I'm gonna leave <laughs> all my pla- pla- personal ones behind. They just depress me. I, I I go on it and I just feel in- instantly more anxious. Yeah, I've it's disabled mine.
1: I've disabled my Twitter, my Instagram. You know, we can like deactivate your Instagram. Yeah. So you can go back to it. I've Instagram
0: doesn't actually bother me that TikTok. much.
1: It's just, I hate uh, Instagram. Really? It, you know, the uh, thing is, I find myself scrolling through it with not actually looking at any of the pictures. Yeah. Not even taking it in. I'm also not doing Reddit, and I'm not doing... For me, the biggest one is YouTube. So oh, the algorithm YouTube. on YouTube is bad. But it's I only use
0: it for, like, history bad. videos anyway.
1: Well, that's the thing. If I want to go on and watch, like... A yoga video. Yeah, I'm allowing myself to do that because I'm mm-hmm. going for something specific, which would yeah. be the same as Netflix. But I'm not allowed to just sit there and scroll through the algorithm. Oh yeah, like, yeah. That's the social media aspect. Whereas yeah. if I want to go watch like a trailer for a film, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I think it will hopefully. Make me happier. Your,
0: yeah. <laughs> Mental health, great. And also I want
1: to see how it affects one, my social interactions with people and two, my view of the news. Because if you go out yeah, all social media, a, yeah. you have to make an active effort to actually to read like, the look news. It up. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I'll report back. Um, further, I'm also going to be in this time reading books about social media, reading fiction books that involve social media. I'm going to be looking at articles, I'm looking at statistics. So I'll be writing all this down in a kind of like ger- journal, and really educating myself. So when people say like, "Oh, I don't have social media," I can be like, "Well," and I can <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a good them.
0: idea. Yeah, already um, by like <laughs> not going on like Twitter and stuff, I've found that I'm now replying to people faster on like actual like actually like communicating with people i know yeah you're the worst to, like i'm fucking terrible at it <laughs> slowly <laughs> getting better
1: <The> worst. <laughs> okay so yeah we you can follow us though on social media
0: <laughs> after that tirade <laughs>
1: don't follow us on instagram because neither of us are updating it so just fuck off on the Instagram um, but you can follow on Twitter if you want an update on the what basically our episodes um, yeah that's pretty, pretty much going to be the only thing that's going to I might there. put up
0: the odd little random fact every now and then <laughs> just for funsies
1: good. awesome pics <laughs> yeah. um, then follow us at have the other pod
0: and uh, give us a little review like five mm-hmm. stars if you would like because uh, that would be really nice
1: would we'd be, be so really- happy it would make us really happy, and it was like, our birthdays just Exactly.
0: <laughs> so if you want to give us a birthday present, that would be perfect. Maybe like write a little review and like leave your name, and then we'll give you a shout out. We haven't actually done that yet.
1: No, it's because no one leaves their name. <laughs>
0: oh man!
1: Uh, but we have had some some nice little five stars recently, which is nice. Thank you very much, and follow us here wherever you're listening to this, and see you next time. Bye. Bye.